So something that we on occasion here is how can my life possibly matter when the universe is so huge, right? We see we can see these videos on, on the Internet, how we can zoom out from planet Earth and, and it takes a little while to get to uh, uh, the, the sun, to the nearest star and then to the galaxy and keep zooming out and out till we say that we are apparently just the tiniest, tiniest little speck of a speck of a speck. Never mind on this speck, we ourself are a speck, right? And further, we have the temporal aspect too, meaning time, right? And really, it's quite something if there were endless eons before us and endless eons after us. What's the probability? This is really a sloppy statement, but just to just to get it out there, what's the probability that I now exist just as I exist in the, the face of infinite potentially time or unimaginably uh, uh, tr huge tracks of time and I now exist. I'm sipping on a coffee or, or at work or something like this. It also seems uh, absurd and really denigrates our importance, but the size thing as well, right? I'm just a tiny dot. So this underlies then the importance of really clarifying the relation of the, the, the empirical content to, to ourself, Right, because if we simply uh, indulge in these kinds of visualizations of huge spaces and and objects, we can very easily kind of uh, uh, we can we can easily get confused and say again, my life can't possibly have a point, and uh, uh, the the universe is too big for me to have a point, and, and all of this. So I want to try to figure out what's the relation of uh, what we call uh, the the physical world to ourself. So here. We would say that uh, if we want the simple, arguably, way to, to think about uh, uh, things, we might say that every uh, possible as, uh, thing that can be experienced in any which way can be thought of as it concerns our knowledge in the same way. We can call that way uh, as an object of our experience, but by that time we may also be tripped up and, and, and that may have uh, unwanted implications so we can just say X. Every possible thing that can be, can be thought of as it concerns our knowledge, not as it concerns utility or other things, obviously, right? That we don't want to think of uh, water or milk and spoiled milk in the same way, but as it concerns its, its relation to ourself, as it concerns our knowledge, we can think of it as X, right? Now, uh, 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 from here, we can take a further step and separate uh, the the... the also, we want to be very careful what we say, but try to separate the subject that we are, that I am, from X. And, and, and we can offer that X always comes across to and hangs on and exists solely in connection with that subject. So to, to make it clear with some practical kind of examples, we can do a couple of things. So one, we could take a sharp object, right? We could take... Uh, a pen or, or pencil or case or something like this and we can press it into uh, uh, our, our, our hand right and we can press it hard enough to where we feel pain so we at that point there's no question that we would say that this pain is an object of my experience meaning there has to be an object excuse me not an object the subject to experience this pain this cannot simply be quote unquote out there or, or, or something like this Right now, we relax it a little bit and press it a little bit less, and it's no longer as painful. But we still say it's a little pain. Of course, it's an object of my experience. Now, we, we 
press it even less to where it's not at all painful. And yet, would we say that now suddenly it has become not an object of my experience? No. It's still an object of my experience, right? Just as much as it was when it was painful. So we would say that consequently what we call a, a, a tangible impenetrability, intangible extension is an object of my experience, right? Meaning, it's not that it's not real, it's certainly real, but it, it hangs on myself existing, on myself as subject, right? That something, not being able to go through something else, encountering resistance, this is an experience, as this should hopefully make clear. Right now, from here, we want to separate tangible impenetrability, tangible extension from visual extension because we tend to confuse or conflate the two because they're usually connected. For example, we see uh, a stone and we automatically almost see as if that this is something I can pick up, this is something I can touch and I can throw and such, but the two are, are, are different, right? Then we can figure that out. We Very easily, we come across a, a hologram in a museum. We reach out to it. Our hand goes right through, right? We're at a concert of a, of a deceased performer, and uh, we see that, excuse me, looks like we can shake the person's hand, like we could come up to them, but we can't because they're just a hologram. So you see, these are different senses. Touch is not the same thing as sight. These are different uh, experiences. So we cannot simply say, that uh, what I would touch is right there. When I look at something that I believe that I could touch, such as a stone or such as a garbage can or such as a home or something like this. These are different things. They're uh, apples and oranges to so say, right? Now, as it concerns then sight, we also want to try to clarify how this might w be also a, a, an object of our experience. So we can take something such as uh, uh, our home, right? And, and if we are in a, a situation such that we can approach it from a distance, we see that from a distance. It doesn't have to be our home. We might not have a home. We might be homeless, but we can take any given thing that we approach from a distance. And we see it's a tiny little dot. We can put our finger up and it covers the whole image, right? And yet, as we get closer, uh, it gets bigger. And then we get right up to, to the, the, the building or whatever we're using for this thought experiment or this experiment. We can obviously do it for real. And uh, we see that uh, we can press up right, right into it. And it's right in front of our face. Our finger certainly doesn't cover the whole thing. Right? So <laughs> the, the idea would be that uh, if uh, uh, what the, there is, literally there is what we call sight. Remember, sight is not the touch. So we can't say it's the touch. We can't say it's the touch experiences that are there. It's the sight experiences that are there. If that's what there is, which one of those images is really truly there? Is it the one that's seen from a distance? Is it the one that's seen a little bit closer or a little bit closer or so, or so forth and so and, Or excuse me, and so forth and so on, right? So again, our temptation is to say it's neither of them. That Let's say it is a house. The house is really there. And then depending on the perspective, these are the laws of vision and perspective. This is how you would draw it. This is how you would animate it. This is how it occurs in real life. It has to occur that way. But again, here we would remind ourselves that the image is not the touch. And as it concerns our experiential information concerning the house, there's the touch experiences and there's the sight experiences. Primarily, we can maybe smell something or, or lick it or something like this. But primarily, right, we can come up to it, we can touch it, and we can see it. But these are two different senses. So we can't refer to the touch and say that that's really what there is there. No, we say, okay, we have, we're going to stick with vision. But then again, which image is really truly there and is objective and is not a question of our experience?
right? So we see, is it an image of an image? Is there just an image there that is just there? And then that also doesn't make any sense. All right, so we would say that, um, and obviously nobody would dispute seemingly that smell and taste are objects of our experience and so is hearing, right? Which is not to say, it's a whole different discussion, the buildup of a scientific world image where we can manipulate these experiences and we can quantify them and we can apply math to them and we can really... Uh, go a long ways with, with developing our experience and developing our world by uh, the, the amazing uh, devices such as cell phones and nuclear weapons and vehicles and, and so forth and so on. It's a different discussion. But uh, here we would, uh, uh, would stick to, to this point. And this point here would be that then uh, we see that uh, uh, what the, the content of our experience is our experience. It's our experience, right? Whether it's touch or whether it's sight or whether it's uh, hearing, taste, uh, and all this. So the point was that we can, uh, let's say, for example, hearing, we can uh, find other experiences that are correlated with the, the qualitative experience of hearing. For example, what are, what are called sound waves. But these are the experiences of ours, different experiences of ours. For example, we can see a machine reading or we can hear, we can put our hand to our mouth and feel the vibrations of there. That's a different experience, right? There's no getting around it. I'm going to take a picture of a site, and that's going to get me around the, the basic uh, uh, nature of the extent, right? I'm going to set a secret device in the middle of the night, and it's going to show me what a house really is, right? A secret camera when nobody's looking. Everything is, an, is then can be thought of as X in the same way, including the camera, including uh, any and all devices. Now, obviously, uh, a material uh, of our experience can be put into logical relations with itself. We can set things up so as to capture an image uh, and have it be in one place of something, of an image that we find in another place from a certain distance, so forth and so on, from a satellite, from a cell phone, from a, a professional camera, whatever the case may be, but it's not getting around anything. Right? It's the same thing as, as anything else. So anyhow, we would say that uh, uh, there's a quantitative difference then uh, between all empirical content. If we take a little pebble and we again understand the sight is an object of our experience and so is the touch and we blow it up, we can imagine getting a boulder and then we can get, imagine getting a mountain and then we can imagine getting a whole planet, right? Just in theory. Maybe we can't actually imagine that, but uh, theoretically speaking, right? We can imagine all these things, but as it concerns what we can call ourself uh, uh, as subject, we cannot quantitatively arrive to it simply by blowing something up, meaning in size. Meaning, we can add up all of the possible experiences in the universe, but they will still not qualitatively be able to stack up against ourselves as subject. Right. So as for the, this notion that because the, there's such a big, big universe, I don't matter. Uh, it, it, it's not so clear. Right. Because, again, it doesn't matter how quote unquote big the universe is. It still it, it stands in the very same qualitative uh, uh, relation to me, as does a pebble, as does my house uh, uh, and all of this, to which the, the things that we discussed apply among others. All right? But there's a further uh, kind of uh, glitch here or, or clarification that we ought to make. That is that obviously uh, we say 
uh, uh, what are we saying that everything hangs on everything is going to go mental as we hear sometimes oh the universe is in your mind or something that's not what we're saying at all right and the immediate rebuttal is to say i was born and i'm gonna die and the world is gonna stay and i can forget about where i placed something and it's gonna stay there it's not contingent on my knowledge like this i don't need to know and recall right i forgot that i dropped my uh you know, wedding band, in, or maybe I didn't forget, but I don't know where I dropped it. And then I find it many years later in the crack of, of, of the, the floor. Something like this, right? So we say matter, what we call matter uh, extension, uh, meaning visual and tangible extension is very real. It's very solid. It has some permanency. And so far as it does. Uh, so the clarification here uh, would be that the same thinking that applies to, to, to the sharp object and to the house and to all other objects, first of all, applies to our bodies, right? It's, we're not talking uh, uh, about our body as the VIP here, as the subject to, to, which, uh, to whom everything comes across. The body is equally an object as anything else. But second of all, we would say uh, that uh, it, it also applies to uh, uh, my thoughts and it also applies to my memories and my recollections and such. So we would not say, in fact, that everything is quote-unquote mental. Whatever is mental and whatever is physical, we would not, these are these absolutely real categories. We certainly classify certain things on a certain level as mental. I recall something that's mental. I pick up a stone. That's physical, sure, but we're talking on, on, a, on a deeper, deeper level. Then we wouldn't call anything mental and we wouldn't call anything physical. We would call, we would consider everything in the relation X to, to ourself. All right, so objects, obviously, they do not depend on uh, uh, my thoughts, my memories, uh, uh, or, or, or my mind, my particular mind, all of that is experienced in the, the same way uh, as objects. So in short, then, we have no way really to describe what the world is, uh, and there's no way to reach for anything outside of it to describe it, right? And further, we cannot describe what what we call a subject is either. We cannot say, oh, here, the subject is, is the mind, or the subject is, is whatever the thing I want to say. We can't say that either. We can simply try to clarify the, the relations between uh, uh, what we now at present call the, the content of experience or the content of the world and what we at present call or can experience as ourself. But we don't want to make the sloppy mistakes of saying that, you know, again, everything is mental or everything is in my head or, or who knows what. These are super complicated things and we have to be very careful with how we speak about them. But at the same time, we can go ahead and give ourselves a self-esteem boost and uh, and stop depreciating ourselves, stop denigrating uh, ourselves because some of our experiences are, are pretty uh, expansive and, and broad and impressive and amazing, right? Just because I can look at a landscape and it's beautiful and it's big, it doesn't take away from my significance, right? The, the landscape stands in relation to myself as subject in, in the same way as a pinch or an itch or, or, or anything else. And we're not saying it's mental, right? Remember remember that, right? And then just so I can look through a telescope and uh, I can see uh, a beautiful cosmos potentially, uh, or images of it, if I don't know or have a telescope on hand or know how to look through one, right? Uh, and yet, that also doesn't take away from uh, my importance as a self, as a subject, no more than would uh, the taste of ice cream, right? I tasted ice cream. I pinched myself. I have an itch. 
I touched the stone. Wow, I must really not count. I looked at something, I, uh, at, a, at a wall. I must really not count because look at these experiences of mine. Everything else will be thought of in the same way. It doesn't denigrate ourself. Uh, uh, we, should, we can preserve our self-esteem, but at the same time, we should be careful with how we speak about these things. To not uh, um, uh, kind of uh, add implications that we do not, that, that are not warranted. All right, so we can think about these things. Thank you for listening.